With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Solvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Disney. The show is Evolve. And my special guest today is Barbara Thomas. Uh, Barbara is an artist, an author, and her soul's call has been to be a forerunner of the new age. I would agree with that, since I know Barbara and we're good friends. (laughs) And she has a new book called Living with the Spirits of the Land, a Spiritual Memoir. And today uh, we're going to talk about this book because I think it has tremendous impact uh, for uh, for many, many people. So welcome, Barbara. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> Happy to have this opportunity to share. Yeah. So we are in uh, her kitchen here, and really the, the beginning of her book, Awakening to the Call, I want to ask you the question, how did you know you were... Uh, a forerunner for the new age. How did you <laughs> How did you begin to know that? Because it seems that it was a so, somewhat of a process. Here. Yes, I was going to say it was years and years and years before that statement was given to me. You are a forerunner of the new age. And when I heard it, spirit gave me the, the words. And when I heard it, I thought, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I am. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I had no trouble. Um, owning it and accepting it, but I really never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently, somebody asked me a question, and that answer came out. So I, I guess it's time to start thinking about it out loud and uh-huh. uh, sharing the truth of it. And what does that mean to you, to be the forerunner of the New Age? I mean, what? how would you describe the way you live and the way you experience life um, as as somewhat different than the old process of um, living within conditioning? Well, much of it has come forth with um, living with the spirits of the land, Mm -hmm. of opening to the spiritual dimension of the beings that live on my land. But I had an interesting experience in 19, what would that have been? Well, I'll just say my age. When I was... 79, I was on a tour through Ireland, and it was a kind of a wet, mossy day, and I was going into a cairn, and my foot slipped on the moss of the entrance of the cairn, and my head touched the side stone that had a lot of writing on it, and I sat there, and I could feel an energy going between the stone and my mind, and I thought, they're searching my mind to see what a current woman I, as a current woman, put out my mind how I think, and I just had a feeling they were scanning to observe my mind. Mm -hmm. And then when I came out of that, they said, um, when you you reach your 80th birthday, which was going to be in two months, you're going to change 
uh, the direction of your life. You are going to, it's not a new chapter of a book, it's a new book that you'll be writing. Mm. And I would say that when I was 80, that was the beginning of the new book Mm -hmm. and the beginning of moving into the dimension of consciousness of being a forerunner of the new age. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I was um, mortal mind, ego-oriented, just everything. Mm -hmm. And then after that, a variety of things happened that caused me to shift. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing that happened was uh, I broke my leg. I was walking through the forest, chatting with a friend, and I stepped on a rock and I fell. And when I fell, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is serious. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I I broke my leg. And as I fell, I heard the inner voice say, this is a gift, Barbara. Mm. And so lying in bed for seven months while my leg healed, I pondered what was the gift. And then from uh, teachings that came, tapes I listened to teachings, the, the teacher said, if you are living a dedicated life and you're getting off path, you're going to get hit broadside. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'd been hit broadside. Mm. And then the next day or two, another teaching came about the human habit and the human habit is criticism, condemnation, judgment, blame, and gossip. Mm. As I was talking to my friend, I was breaking four of the five human habits. Mm. And that was the gift, was to recognize that, because that was the way I lived. Mm. Criticism, condemning, mm-hmm. ruminating about things I didn't like. My mind was constantly in a whirl of criticizing and judging. Mm-hmm. And so... When I stopped doing that, my life changed. Mm. My energy came. I used to be tired and sick. I I became more healthy. I became stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, my life just shifted when I stopped creating and doing those harmful human habits. Mm-hmm. And so that was where, it, where everything started shifting. So you were 80 before all of this started to really unravel or unfold for you. With yeah, I was 80 years old. Mm-hmm. I'd had my 80th birthday when I, and then I broke my leg. <laughs> Gosh. So, so the spirits of the land are the ones who you were saying before when you touched your head on the on the carn that or on the rock that was there. That that was the spirits that were talking to you. Is yes. that correct? Well, it, you know, yes, it was the spirits of that land. Of that and land. And I relate with the spirits of my land. But yeah, yeah Robin, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, so this awakening process that you went through began, in a sense, although it had been kind of developing for many years through your life with your husband and having children and all of that was pretty much... A development, and you you outline that in this book so well. Uh, you know your your early life and and where you were in La Cañada and San Luis Obispo years, and then moving up here to Ben Loman and uh, being in this area. Um, so, how has your life unfolded since your 80th birthday? Well, I started. Um, have to think, um, I became more committed to interacting with the spirits of the land. Mm-hmm. I I have a special place on my land called the amphitheater that has been um, traditionally a place that people come to for sanctuary, 
and for spiritual alignment. Mm -hmm. Some of the history says that at one time it was an Indian healing ground Mm -hmm. long, long ago. Uh, So within the amphitheater is where I've met Mm -hmm. uh, different spirits. The first time I moved to the mountain, um, when I came up here, I I was walking to the amphitheater, and I was aware of a very large being walking beside me. And this was not normal for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And I just realized it was a gnome. And he uh, introduced himself as Mono and that he was going to be my teacher and mm-hmm. teach me. And he gave me one one uh, bit of wisdom, which I had forgotten and just realized, remembered in writing the book. He said, time is not governed by the hands on a clock. Time is governed by segments of intention. Mm-hmm. And that I forget, and then I remember, and I forget, and I remember. But to really set intentions before I do something, there's enough time to do it. It really makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And I think intention is uh, such an amazing and powerful tool. I know it's so powerful in the healing work I do. And with other people that I know, we we were having a conversation about it the other day uh, with some other healers um, I was I was involved with, and uh, we had quite a conversation about how how that is everything in laying the groundwork for what it is you're wanting in your life, or where you're wanting to move in your life, or where you're being guided to move in your life. So, so yeah, a simplicity. In the Bible, is asking you shall receive, mm-hmm. and another simplicity is just the cause and effect. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you create a cause when you set an intention, and the effect is to have it fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Or in the art world, it could be form follows thought. Yeah. So that's another one. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm sure there are a lot. There are lots of trying in many ways yeah. to teach us the power of of getting our minds set on what we want to accomplish, and then mm-hmm. holding our heart steady. Right. Until it happens. Right, right. Well, in your book, um, in part two of your book, you talk about meeting Mono and um, learning to trust him. Mm-hmm. And um, t- tell me a little bit about that process because I feel that um, Mono, being this gnome, is is a spirit of the land. Um, talk to me a little bit about that because I thought that was really fascinating to well, me. Well, first I need to really say that I hadn't realized before that, well, I knew he introduced himself to me as a gnome and showed himself to me as a gnome uh-huh. and stayed in that image uh, all of these years, 30 years. Wow. Um, and then he had me connect later with the Council of Gnomes, and mm-hmm. they all first appeared as gnomes. Mm-hmm. But they're just spirits of the land, and they showed me themselves to me as gnomes so that I would know they were of the land. Uh-huh. And and I, I just had that realization like that, uh-huh, well, that makes sense, yeah. just a couple of days ago. Um, so I'll have to go back and ask me my question again since I got uh, off. Well, in your section two, you were talking about meeting Mono, and then you just mentioned how you met him and then that he was walking with you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you learn to trust the information that you were getting? Because I know a lot of people talking to spirits of the land or their spirit guides or their angels, they have a hard time learning to trust the information. And um, I, I tell people, I mean, I know this, you know this, but 
I tell people that it's no different than if you were to discern um, another energy, uh, another human being. You know, you have to learn to trust them, and it takes time, and it's a relationship, so it has to build. But also, you have to you have to check in with what's true for you, and always, you know, find a, a resonance within yourself. Um, but how did you learn to trust? the information that you got from Mono? Well, I, I communicate with him on computer. Uh-huh. I create a dialogue on, commu- on the computer. Uh-huh. Um, if he talks to me, say, when I go to the amphitheater and I have a question, I would come home and um, and write it out. Or, and or sometimes down there I'd write it by hand, but I found the computer was so much easier to read. Uh-huh. And so now I even take my computer to the amphitheater when I go. Uh-huh. And and I put a uh, question in and then dialogue. I have a font for him and a font for me. Oh. So we carry on a conversation. Uh-huh. Then when the conversation is over, I go back with my pendulum. And I ask, is this accurate? Is this accurate? Is this accurate? Uh-huh. And and I put a mark at the end, a cross if it's accurate, a line if it's not. Mm-hmm. And if it's not accurate, then I go back to find out where I didn't understand and what I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And we create another dialogue about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that is very specific. So you really get very clear about what's true for you and what's not true for mm-hmm. you. And, you know, the use of pendulum, you know, is, is well known as a truth-telling device from way back. I mean, it's a way to find to which water and to find water on land. And um, But it also is really helpful to find yes and no answers to things that are uh, challenging for us. So you formed a council uh, with the gnomes and with the spirits of the land there. Well, what happened uh, one time... Uh, there's a, a a big tree right at the entrance to the amphitheater. Mm-hmm. I call it the mother tree. So when I when I was there with, with the mother tree, I, I I leaned my back into her, and she said, "Tomorrow, bring your computer and sit at my foot and write down whatever you hear and whatever you see." So the next day, I brought my computer. I went to the mother tree. I sat down with my back to her. And I just opened up, and I saw Mono standing in front of me, and I heard words. Mm-hmm. So I typed them out, and uh, the mother said, um, now I want you to come back every day, do this every day until you leave for your trip to Europe. Mm-hmm. Well, that was three months away. Not <laughs> <laughs> just tomorrow or next week. <laughs> and so I went down every morning for three months mm-hmm. and, and uh, just took the messages. And the message that came over and over, I actually thought I was making it up because it just kept repeating over and over, was when you step outside, say hello. Mm -hmm. When you feel the fresh air, speak to the air. Tell it you love it and tell it thank you. If you see a plant that you're attracted to, say that it's beautiful, touch it, caress it, and say I love you, thank you. And just all the time appreciating, speak to the -hmm. plants, Speak to the air. Speak mm-hmm. to the elements. Mm-hmm. And that just seems to be the greatest, greatest desire and way for a human to open up a bridge to interacting with nature mm-hmm. and the nature spirits and the spirits of the land. Mm-hmm. I was laying in my hammock the other day, <laughs> taking a, a much des- well-deserved nap, 
and reading your book. And I, I looked up, and here's this amazing maple tree right in my back driveway. And it's, it's in the driveway. So I, I just started talking to the tree and, you know, saying thank you for sheltering us. And I'm sorry you have to live in this, you know, because I live in kind of a, um, a condoplex, you know, like multiple condominiums. And I said, I'm sorry you have to live in this cement jungle here. And um, the tree said to me, oh, I don't worry about that. I have my friend across the way. And and he started pointing out the network of trees in that area. And, you know, we talk to each other. And so we're all here together. And I realized there was this whole community of tree-ness that was going on even in the midst of, you know, a, a lot of cement and many, many people. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was really interesting because I, I learned, I was just reading about that in your book and then I looked up and here's this tree. I was like, I haven't even communed with you. What's the matter with me? You know, like, because uh, that's one of the first things I usually try to do when I move somewhere. So, so then you learned about, um, you, you, I wanted to talk a little bit about the council that you formed with Mono. Can you talk a little bit you know, about that? Because I think this is really important. One, one day when um, I went down in the morning for uh, to uh, the mother tree and to open up and record what was told, whatever I heard, then Mono told me at that time, because I was on my way to the studio to paint, and he said, when you get to the studio, form a council. And that's all he said. So I went to the studio, and I, I sat with my computer, and I recorded everything into the computer. Okay, I'm sitting in this chair, and I'm supposed to start a council. I'm looking around, and I'm not really seeing anything. Oh, I think I see Mono sitting in a chair across from me. Oh, I think I see other chairs that are empty. Oh, I think I see uh, some gnomes coming in and sitting down. And, uh -huh. you know, I just write it all out, and... Um, the first time, they just said, this is enough. Mm -hmm. you come then, so I've established the pattern that every time I go to the studio, I open counsel. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes they tell me uh, things to paint. Sometimes they uh, tell me things about my life. Sometimes they don't tell me anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm, I make the connection, and um, Mono will be there and, like, holding holding space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Wow. So in your book, you, there's so much in here about how people can get connected yeah. um, with the spirits of the land and what they've taught you through um, different teachers that you've had and influences that you've had. Um, and uh, the different levels of of the fairy tradition, and that's F A E R I E, right? Yeah. Fairy tradition that uh, really helped you understand uh, about this realm of the subtle energy. Can Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I was so fascinated by the R J Stewart information and Elias Longsdale's information and Talk a little bit about them well, and your influence um, on your life. When I was studying and reading Celtic fairy tales, when I was traveling to the Celtic lands and, and visiting the ancient stones, um, I always um, felt a warmth in my heart 
um, one statement was the Tuata de Danan, the children of Dana, and mm. these were a race of people. Another place, I think they're all called the same. The Shi uh, is a group of people that one one statement is they're a little higher than humans and a little lower than angels. Mm. And the fairy, F-A-E-R-I-E, are all fit into that same naming of these uh, a race of beings that are, um, as I say, higher than human and lower than angel. Mm-hmm. They live in a realm that they can manifest as real and be seen, or they uh, stay invisible. And I guess that manifestation and be seen would be what I saw with Mono. Mm-hmm. He was in my imagination, but I could easily see him. Mm-hmm. And and the same with the council. They're in my imagination but I can watch what they're doing mm-hmm. so that they're lowering their energy to the point that they can connect with me. Mm-hmm. And and then when they're not connecting with me, their energy is higher and not taking a form of a of a being in a, you know, dressed like a gnome mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever they're dressed like. Well, well, my experience of spirits of different kinds is that they take the form on that can best be seen by the people they're trying to communicate with. I've heard that too. Yeah, makes sense. Because I know that Wulan, when I channel Wulan, who's this Tibetan teacher that I've had from evidently many lifetimes now, um, but the he when he comes in, uh, I when I see him, he he has a turban, and he's you know which is which is really not Tibetan necessarily, but he had his he has this kind of Tibetan style turban hat, and then he has a. Um, he has, you know, robes on and so on. But that's for my benefit more than it is mm-hmm. for him because he's really a spirit of light. Uh, we just can't, because we don't always relate to light as who we are, we can't really relate to them as light in the same way. So so they come in the form that works best for us. I think that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue our interview with Barbara Thomas, author and artist, and author of the new book, Spirits of the Land, and we'll be right back. This is Robin White Turtle Listney, and the show is Evolve. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture, with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve. Hi, I'm Robin White Turtle-Lisney, and I'm glad that you're listening to my show, Evolve. I wanted to let you know about a new book that I have called Mosaic, New and Collected Poems. It's a a volume of 30 years of poetry uh, that I'm very excited about, and it's being published by Bluebone Books. Uh, In addition to that, I also have Dancing Up the Moon, uh, Living a Sacred Life. Uh, More recent books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and Poems for the Lost Deer. All of these books, uh, the last three books, are published by Blue Bone Books. I'm also an energy medicine practitioner, and I am a psychic and a medium. And I've been a radio host on Evolve for a number of years, about five years, where I interview authors on the cutting edge of change, 
authors who are uh, writing innovative things, authors who are exploring uh, new consciousness and also bringing old traditions back into the current time to help us uh, at this time of uh, the world. And uh, now we'll go back to the show. Hi, we're back. This is Robin White Turtle Listney. The show is Evolve, and my special guest is Barbara Thomas, author and artist, and she has a new book called Living with the Spirits of the Land, and uh, she is really a forerunner for the new age in her consciousness and the way she works with spirits of the land. Uh, We're going to pick up the program where we were talking about the she and different levels of fairy, F-A-E-R-I-E. So you learned about different levels of fairy, the she, um, the, the white fairy, the brown fairy. Okay, the she, yeah. that's different. Okay. I learned, and I learned this from Elias Lonsdale, white fairy, brown fairy, green fairy. Mm-hmm. And it makes such sense. The white fairy are the, the spiritual dimension of fairy that would be called deva, mm-hmm. um, the angels of the land, the mm-hmm. angels of uh, every forest has one angel or one deva that watches over it. All the lit rivers have a deva, uh, lakes have a deva. Mm-hmm. So that would be the white fairy. They're the ones that are really formless. Uh-huh. And then the green fairy would be what we see around us in the green world, the uh-huh. plants mm-hmm. that we see, the trees, the flowers. And, the, and the, mm-hmm. the brown fairy are the energies deep in the earth. Uh, that watch, there, there are many levels of those deep in the earth. One level watches over the growth of gold and jewels, and there's a lot of stories about the, the uh, treasures within the earth. Mm-hmm. But, but these beings actually form the energies to create the jewels that, and the gemstones that mm-hmm. come out of the earth. Mm-hmm. But then there's other layers that are very large that um, watch over volcanoes, that watch over... The, uh, gods, I call them the gods of the mountains, mm-hmm. uh, that watch over large pieces of land. Mm-hmm. And all of that is in the brown fairy realm. Mm-hmm. So the green fairy we relate with every day. The white fairy we are aware of because they watch over large expanses of uh, land and mm-hmm. um, forests. And then the brown fairy is that which upholds us within the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I was um, uh, doing a, a, a an interview with my friend Mary Ellen Hill, uh, who has a fairy camp in her uh, oh yeah with her, her children yeah, and I was with the children one time a couple of years ago, and uh, I was talking to them about the spirits that were around us, and I said, well, there is a very large gnome that's here, and he's called Jack, and he wants you to know that he's here. And so I got in touch with Jack and introduced him to the children. Some of his children could see him. And I didn't describe him. I just said Jack is here and he's a, he's a, a, a brown fairy. He's a guardian of a large area of that side of Oakland, you know, the southern part of Oakland. And her land is part of that. So we had this long conversation about the different levels of fairy. And the the ones that they related to in the flowers are different than Jack, who's kind of oversees a larger area. So this 
understanding of the brown fairy and the green fairy and the white fairy really resonated with me when I was reading about it because it it, it I really understood, oh, that was Jack. He's a brown fairy. <laughs> well, I have something that's really exciting because Jack is the first fairy being I've ever met. Oh. I read instructions, and I, I've looked through all my books for this instruction. I can't find it. But I was reading in a book, and they said, if you want to connect, why, go to some place in nature, sit with your back to the tree, and ask to meet um, Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And first you ask permission, I'd like to meet Mother Earth, may I meet Mother Earth? And and I did that, and this being came zipping around behind me, in front of me. He made me think of a leprechaun, mm-hmm. um, and he said that he was Jack, and his name was Jack, and that um, he would guide me to meet the Mother. Oh. And so then I went into a meditation to meet the Divine Mother of the, of the Mother Earth, I, I'll you know, the land, mm-hmm. and he, he he says, I don't connect with him that often, mm-hmm. but he says, every time I come to the amphitheater, he is there, and there, beneath the amphitheater is a fairy temple, mm-hmm. and when I go into the fairy temple, Jack is always with me to, as my guide oh, to get into my. the fairy temple. Isn't that amazing? But, you know, I see him as little, but he is the guardian of this fairy temple, actually. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and he may have duties that we don't know about. Absolutely. You know, if he's all the way up in Oakland, he may be over a certain region or something. Yeah, and then he would make himself in a way that was interesting to me and 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 something I could handle, like a, a leprechaun. He had, like, green velvet pants and a and a tweed-like jacket. and uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and But, you know, I... I never met any first spirit I met. No, I met Mono before that because that was afterwards. But uh, I don't get that sort of picture. So he was very impressive to me. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I think it's fascinating because these these spirits they come in to help us and to teach us, and they're they're so helpful if we connect with them. Yeah. And the truth is, all every one of us could connect with them. Oh, they want to connect. And they want to connect. Oh, so badly they want to connect. in your book, yeah, many times. Like, so talk about that, about why why they want to connect with us. Oh, that's part of the coming of the new age. Ah. It's the unfolding of the age where the kingdoms mm-hmm. all interact and support one another. Mm-hmm. Right now, the nature kingdom give, give, give. The elementals give, give, give. Bombs are shattering to the elemental mm. and shattering to the earth and the deep ground. And humans are not being aware of mm. the elemental kingdom and the spirits of the land, the spirits of the ocean. I mean, it's so destructive. It's just so harmful. Yeah. That is why part of the golden age is the awakening of the, of the different kingdoms as being alive and real and interact and support one another. Mm. Right now, they just give, 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 like the trees. Mm. They're connecting with each other, but they're giving. They're giving to all of the people in your complex, mm-hmm. and they're they're there to give. Right. And because they are wanting to bring people into harmony with themselves and to awaken to the larger picture of the land and, mm-hmm. and of, of uh, well, what... I, the word is echo spirit, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's what came the, in my mind. Ecology, the whole ecology, echo sphere yeah. is kind of our green ecology, I yeah. think. 
Yeah, and they they are so supportive. Uh, uh, I feel their love for us and uh, and their help for us so often. It, and all you have to do is stop and slow down and tune into it because mm-hmm. they're they're really quite there. Um, one of the things I always do in my training sessions is I have people go hug trees and talk to the trees. And that is the favorite part of the training session so that they connect with that realm and understand that the trees are available to them to commune with and that they can also give to the trees. You know, if we if we listen to them deeply enough, they help us so much. So I don't know, I, I really hear that this book and how you're relating to that world, to that unseen world, but... It's not unseen if you can tune into it. Now, you know, you if you have the right heart, it has yeah. to be a heart connection. Uh, it, it's in the feelings. It's in the feelings. It's a feel-see, a yeah. see-feel. That's what I learned. I, you know, I don't see it with my eyes. I mm-hmm. feel, mm-hmm. and then because I can feel the presence, then I can get a seeing of what it's like. Yes, yeah. yeah. And and their their presence really heals us, really helps us in oh. so many ways. So many ways. I I I had a healing in your amphitheater a couple of weeks ago. It was really <laughs> quite profound. And and I want to say that your amphitheater is really a a, a grove in a in a large uh, open space of madrones and redwoods all the way around the outside of it. And um, so I just to kind of describe what the amphitheater is because it's up in the woods. We're up in the woods here, up in the redwoods in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and this is a clearing area, and in the clearing, you can feel all the healing from all the different trees and the spirits of the land there. It's really quite lovely. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very special place. It is, and it's such an honor to uh, to be living here <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and to own it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in in your Part six of your book, we've gone through several parts of your book. We talked about the world of fairy. Uh, you have, uh, in 2014 through 16, you had summer journeys. So, And I see that you had different focuses. One was on the spirits of the land, one was on the mother, one was on the sacred fire. Can you talk a little bit about that part of your journey? Yeah. It was really fun, my writing teacher um, in 2014, the last class, she said, well, we're all going on journeys this summer. Let's t- spend 30 minutes and write about the journey we're going to go on. And I thought, well, I'm not going anywhere. But <coughs> um, in uh, what was it, 1985, Jim and I took a year journey through Europe. Mm. And so I just started reminiscing about that year and the marvelous year of traveling through Europe. And so my whole time was taken up writing it through that memory. And then at the very end, I thought, well, I'm not going any place this summer. I think I'll take a summer journey. Uh, I'll get in my Betsy, my Kawasaki mule, and <laughs> drive. I'll take a journey from my front door to the amphitheater every day. Mm-hmm. And so that was what I started doing. Well, when I arrived in the amphitheater that first day, Mana was there to meet me, and he had a lot of plans. It's like <laughs> his idea more than mine. I just took it on as mine. But he wanted me to come every day. He wanted me to take a stick of the land 
and um, to use India ink on white paper and just make marks of the energy of the land. Mm. So it was a stick of the land to connect with the land and find a stick of the land and then make marks. So I did that every day. And it was really fun. Mm. And it was really, uh, you know, some of the, the, the drawings were really lovely. Um, and then, the, but the thing that was really wanted of me was to go there regularly. Mm-hmm. And I would spend anywhere from 15 minutes to four hours. Um, mm. And more over and over he would say, lie on the earth, lie on the earth to begin with. And right now I'm taking, this is my but with, anyway, I'm, t- I'm just starting my summer journey again, and and for the past week, all he's had me do is lie on the earth. Mm. Just let that earth energy come in and balance, because it's been a really busy. I've, I've been a year of ter- tremendous. I dare say terrible, tremendous focus to get this book finished in time for our art show. Yeah. And um and then the show and all that's over mm. and. Then, he just had me lie on the earth to restore my energy to get back into balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's part of how they help us heal, you know, if we listen. You know, I, I know for me, um, getting a hammock swing and getting a stand for it was part of my healing this summer. It's like, no, you're going to intentionally go out there. There's something about swinging for me. I think it's close to swimming. And just swinging and and rocking really relaxes me and and lets me just allow myself to kind of wrap myself in this womb of the hammock, and uh, it's so. Uh, and then I connect with nature when I do that. I'm mm-hmm. looking up through the trees. I'm looking at the sky, the clouds, and uh, it really, really has helped me. I want to share a story. Yeah. Um, when I one time. When I first moved up here, before my 80th birthday, I had a lot of illness. And um, Mono asked me to lie on the earth. And I saw something happening, um, little elementals that felt like they were maybe a foot tall were taking things out of my body and putting things in. Mm. And I remembered that when I'd lived in La Cañada before I believed or experienced anything before I knew mono, before I knew anything, I had a friend, Brooks, who uh, interacted with elementals, and she was writing a story of uh, elementals, Mm -hmm. and I was sick, and she brought by the manuscript for me to read. And so I opened the manuscript, and all these little elementals popped up. I would say two inches tall, very small, went all over my body, Opened up little places and pulled out something that looked like dead, like a dried pea, uh-huh. and opened other places and dropped fresh ones in. Uh-huh. They did that all over my body. <laughs> they were probably less than a minute, and then back into the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> but I got well really fast, uh-huh. and that that same thing happened in the amphitheater one time when I was lying on the earth, mm-hmm. and uh, they I saw the elementals working and. Removing stuff from my body and putting new stuff in. Yeah, well, the elementals, uh, how they work, I just find it really fascinating because they can really help us heal, do amazing healing, and our bodies are the earth. So if you think of them planting little peas that are going to grow, that are going to be supportive of your energy, that makes total sense. It's like they're seeding the earth again and with more health. Um, 
I know uh, the I used to have a group of of light doctors that would come through, and I don't know what level of fairy they were involved in, but they were spirits that came in and did light work and would rewire people and mm-hmm. uh, really help people uh, shift their energy uh, when I was doing massage. It happens once in a great while now, um, but now I do more of the work, and they've wanted to train me to do that work. So um, now I do it instead. But once in a while I get stuck, and I'll call them in, and they'll come in. And they look like surgeons in white gowns, <laughs> so they must be the white fairies. <laughs> but they're uh, they're very um, very serious, and I call them the light guys. And they come in, and they rewire people. And because our systems, our energy systems, do get tired and get worn out, and and we can get we can regenerate. We can regenerate if yeah. we connect with the earth. Yeah. So, well, you had a, a, a whole summer where you focused on the mother. Can you talk about that a little bit about Divine Mother and how she connects with you? The way they had me connect with the mother was to bring in water in my ink stick drawings, and. Um, some of it turned out really messy, and other was really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mother is is the earth. She's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the nurturer and the giver and uh, the um, uh, the feeling side of life. We were talking about uh, intentions earlier. So the intentions are the focus of the mind, mm-hmm. but it's the love of the heart that fulfills those that focus and mm-hmm. brings forth the substance mm-hmm. and um, she's everywhere mm-hmm. um, I love the times I visited with uh, and some um, Indian gurus and mm-hmm. you, you would sit in their presence to receive their darshan yes and and um, I was told one time when you step outside from inside to outside just accept that fresh air as Mother Nature's darshan and mm. blessing to you. Mm. And so I, I, sometimes I forget, and I'm mm. always sorry when I do, mm. but I love that stepping out from inside to out and feel the openness and to just absorb that as Mother Nature's mm. blessing to me. Mm-hmm. I, um, so the Mother is the basis of all life. Yes. And yes. Um, to open... For me to open to her presence and her love makes everything inside soft. Yeah. Makes everything inside soft. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to say it. Yeah. And one time I was sitting at the foot of a redwood tree talking with a friend, and all of a sudden I felt the presence of spirit of the mother just fill my heart with love. Mm -hmm. And the man I was with said, Barbara, I just saw the most amazing thing. That tree just leaned over and gave you a blessing. Mm. And I thought, oh, you mm. know, that it's the trees that give the blessing. Mm. It, you know, the trees could, you know, the mother giving the blessing mm. as, as I sat there chatting. And it was so nice to have that good feeling I get when I'm walking through nature mm-hmm. as being the trees, the mother that is touching me and blessing me, giving me that good feeling. And all we have to do is acknowledge it. Like, that's the thing. It's very simple. We just have to acknowledge it. And this, I can really feel that this 
ushering in of this connection with the unseen realms or the unperceived realms, I'll say, because really they're all around us if we tune in, um, is really going to change things and open things up for all of us, I think. And and that's the new age. And that's the new age. It's to be open in all dimensions, to get out of of a locked mind into a mind that's in union with the heart. Yes, yes. That's very powerful. Well, Barbara Thomas, it's been wonderful to talk to you. I've been talking to Barbara Thomas, who just finished the book, uh, this book called Living with the Spirits of the Land, a spiritual memoir. There's so much in it about these different worlds that we live within, and there's so much in it about your own life lessons that you so generously share with people, and I really appreciated that about it. So thank you so much, Barbara. It's been delightful. Uh, This is Robin White Turtle Lismi, and the show is Evolve. One last word, Barbara and I just completed an art show together at the Mountain Art Center that you can see on YouTube. So look for us there. Uh, It's on my YouTube channel, Robin Lismi, or Robin White Turtle Lismi. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lucy, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.